In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Heavenly King, Paraclete, Spirit of Truth, You who are everywhere present and fill all things, Treasury of all that is good, Master of life, Come, dwell within us, cleanse us from all stain, and save our souls, O good one. Mary, cause of our joy, pray for us. So we're going to continue now in John's Gospel. We're in chapter 11, raising, the story is the raising of Lazarus. We're still in the preambles of that story. Uh, we ended last time on verse 27, but I want to repeat that verse uh, so that um, we see where we are uh, in the material. Uh, Okay. Uh, so she had. She said, "I have come, you see, and I confess that you are the Christ." Huh? Uh, and so, uh, from that, uh, and then it says in our text, after saying that, she left and called Mary, her sister, privately, saying, "The teacher is here and calling you." Now Mary then gets up. When she heard this, got up quickly and went to him. That Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha met him. If you ever go there and you walk down the hill, you get to the spot as you enter the village, probably that's where they were. Isn't it exciting to think? God didn't stand here, he stood over there. I mean, just think of the kindness of God. You know, to be one of us like that. Uh, Okay, so, uh, when the Jews who were with her in the house cons and consoling her, seeing that Mary got up quickly and left, followed her, thinking that she was going off to the tomb that she might weep there. And of course, in an Oriental society, this is it's probably good therapy, too. I mean, they really cry. And we'll get it out, you know. I mean, death is death. And it's tough. And uh, you're going to hear our Lord's reaction to death. He wept. He got mad. To think that somebody, one of his brothers, a fellow human being, died because of sin, it makes him mad. You understand? It, you know, he takes it seriously. Okay. And he weeps. Jesus wept. He said, why did he weep? He's going to raise him up. You dumb American, don't you understand? This man died. Death had a victory. And that breaks Jesus' heart. That's why if I have a chance, I'm going to read you some of these quotes, if I still have them with me, uh, from the Catechism about all of this. Okay. Um, so Mary comes, and seeing him, fell at his feet and said exactly what Martha said. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now remember what he said to Martha. But to Jesus, he says, to, to Martha, to Mary, he says, Jesus, as he saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her weeping, groaned in spirit, 
and grew angry. Why? The sight of the injury to the human being, his brother. The same phrase is there in Mark. Uh, you may remember this. It's it, uh, The translators have trouble with it, um, understandably. It's in Mark when that leper comes to meet him. It's um, it's quite a text. Uh, I'm looking for the number here to save time. Uh, Okay, a leper came to him and kneeling down, maybe, text probably, begged him and said, if you wish, you can make me clean. Now the responses in the synoptics are a little bit different, but in uh, Mark, uh, the translation is moved with pity, but it's more than that. He's angry. Look at the body of this man corrupting. That's my brother. And it's brought about by sin. Or we'd all be, you know, there wouldn't be this. The toll that sin is taking on my brother. You see what compassion is? And do you see how much he loves? This text is full of emotions. And they are uh, elsewhere in the Gospels too. Uh, where have you laid him? They said, Lord, come and see. And then we have this line. Jesus wept. Think about it. And God wept. Some of the mystics, seeing him now, see him weep. Augustine, once preaching, said, quoting Jesus, like a prophecy, I am in glory and I am in heaven, but I am still going hungry. I'm still don't, I don't have clothes. I'm still neglected. You hear it? This is Augustine, the mystic. What you do to them, you do to me. That's not just poetry. And so, you see, he wept. I'm going to come back to that. The Jews said, see how he loved him. But some said, Could not this man who opened the eyes of a blind man have acted so that this one would not die? Then again, listen. Jesus, again groaning within himself, came to the tomb. Now the words there are quite similar to words in John 12. They're, they're ectarchy. Um, John. Uh, you see, now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Do you remember that? It's in it's in twelve, uh, thirty-one, I think it is. Twenty-seven. Uh, I am troubled now. Now my soul is troubled. This is, you know, translation is trying to... Yet what should I say? Father, save me from this hour. It was for this purpose that I came to this hour. This is Gethsemane anticipated. 
There is no agony in the garden in John. It's here. But it's the same thing. Here comes the suffering. You got it? And here's Satan beating up on him, trying to frighten him, trying to turn him away from it. Satan's mind, of course, as brilliant as he is, is dark. He doesn't quite get the connection, but he knows something bad for him is going to happen if this man, you know, gives his life like this. So he's beating on him, you know. In Luke, Jesus is sweating blood. See, in John, this happens before, in 12, just before the end of the public life. See, my soul is troubled. What I'm trying to point out, and I will uh, in the next session of this, more amply, is Jesus has emotions. Now, I'll, I'll take a moment here to... Just, the great ideal of the monks was called apathia. Uh, apathia sounds like apathy. But apathy is somebody who doesn't register anything. Apathia means that all your emotional reactions are what they ought to be. If it's really sad, you're sad. If it's really joyful, you're joyful. <clears throat> but if the only thing that makes me happy is something good's happening to me, that's not apathia. That's not ordered emotions, you see? Or if uh, I don't win the lottery and I weep for days, that's not apathia. See, it's the right reaction. Emotions that are well-ordered. I knew a man once the most perfect example I ever saw of this, uh, he's dead now, I suppose I can speak about him. His name was Petrus Dunker. He was a Dominican, a Dutch Dominican. I had him as my professor of Hebrew. And I so admired him that I used to bother him all the time, go talk to him. I never saw a man who always had the perfect reaction, not figuring out what to do, you know. I, uh, he wrote a review of a book once, and I say this before, Anyway, it's worth repeating. I don't think I did. He wrote a, a man wrote a, a book in, in Latin. Everything was in Latin in those days. And Dunker wrote a review of it in a periodical in Latin. Yes, I did tell you this before. I remember now. And the last line of the review was, Hic liber magis est in detrimentum quan in ornamentum ecclesia. This book is more to the detriment than the ornament of the church. Well, all the other fellows' friends started writing articles against Dunker. Uh, nasty articles. So Dunker is sitting there one day in his chair, and you can tell he's, he's mad about this. But he's not vicious. He says, what do you think I ought to do? To me, I'm 28 years old. <clears throat> I said, I'd ignore it, Father. He said, yeah, that's just what Bea says. Bea, Cardinal Bea, you know. So me and Bea, we agree. But the thing was, to watch this man angry with a pure anger and not self-centered anger. I didn't think he could do that. But he did it. That was right to be angry at that. I was angry, but it wasn't affecting me. So he had an anger that was pure. I learned so much from that guy about apathia. It's not apathy at all. It's pure emotions. And Jesus wept. And who's Jesus? When these mystics see him weeping now over the state of the world, you see, it's not a joke. As Augustine said, I still feel hunger on earth.
I'm still neglected. I'm still despised. I still feel it. Okay. Um, so that Jesus, again, groaning within himself, came to the tomb. That's the groaning I just mentioned from 12. It was a cave, <clears throat> and a stone lay against it. I've described this before. It's a dug out of that uh, soft stone that turns hard when you dig in it. And then there's a big round, like a big flat round stone rolled across the entrance. So, uh, it was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Now the practical one, the sister of the man, Martha, Mary's praying, crying, I don't know what she's doing, but Martha said to him, Lord, by now, he has a bad odor. This is the fourth day. Remember, I already explained how the Jews thought the, 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 the soul hovered around the body for three days and then definitively left. That's why Jesus waited to the fourth day to rise him from the dead. In case people go, oh, he wasn't really dead, he just looked dead. No, he's dead. Then he raises him to show his power over death. Why? Because not long after this, he's going to die. And they're all going to be shaken unless they can remember his power over death. You see? Uh, this is the fourth day. So Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And I'll stop there uh, so that we can pick up the story there at verse 41. <clears throat>